building better relationships at home and at work for people who have more than enough on their plate. Two coaches dangling the possibility of finding joy in your relationships. Do you dare to consider life can be better? Have a listen and tell us why. Discussing the topic of how a father can be understood, respected, welcomed, and supported while in isolation with the coronavirus situation. Hi, Patty. Yeah, this topic was uh, really important in this current situation. Uh, a lot of families in isolation are being triggered because of a lot of different causes and situations created by the virus and a lot of uncomfortable feelings and stresses have been coming up for people. So, Patty, can you share what are the, some of the stresses that people are experiencing now because of the virus? Well, people, some people are out of work. Um, the, the schools are closing down, so everybody's at home together. Uh, running out of groceries, not being able to to go out and socialize with others. People um, have the stress about their money. People are sad. People are angry. They have no control. They're in fear of the unknown. All of these things are happening right now at this very moment, which when people are in fear, they don't normally act like they normally do They're, say the this thing about hoarding the toilet paper that is a fear fear of running out fear of the unknown having um, not being able to provide for your family because you're out of work or you're working but you you have no one to watch your children something you know all of these things are are big stressors yeah. And originally we had come up with the topic about being a better father as I was experiencing a lot of people not really acknowledging fathers and how much they've changed in different generations. Fathers were never at home. In previous generations, they were always absent. They were always the person you were afraid of upsetting because they came home and they were in a mood from work. And before the virus situation, we had come up with this topic to look at how we can acknowledge men who and how far they've come and to look at what being a better father is really offering us today in our society that men have started to embrace spending more quality time with their families because society has changed where men don't have to be the main breadwinner. However, with this virus situation, a few other things have bubbled up about the stresses that are placed on men when they're uh, losing work, facing financial insecurity and also being in a confined space with their family, which they may not be used to. One of the things that um, I was going to share was that being a good father is being a partner with your household chores, helping with caring for the kids, 
and going to children's activities and re reflecting respect and loving kindness towards their wife or partner and the children, the children's mothers. Scheduling date nights with your partner, eating dinner with the family at least once a week or more. Being kind and patient with your partner and your children. And a good father is easy to talk to, too. He shares his life experiences to teach and lead by example of what to do and what not to do. And he supports the family in many other ways. So that's what I was thinking of what a, a good father is. And being a good provider as, as well. What strikes me from what you share, Patty, is that the focus on being a good provider was the last thing. Everything that you shared about being a better father was actually being with the family more. And it strikes me as really that's huge because literally in just one generation, what you've just shared is completely different to what my father was expected to be. And yeah yeah they were the providers. Yeah. yes yeah yeah and yeah. They, they were also um there for you know to support our moms and they were also the disciplinarian at least my father was what about yours uh my father was only the disciplinarian in thought so we were always afraid of what dad might think. But my mother was the actor and the one that created the emotional fear for us. But in thought, dad, we always knew what he would approve and disapprove of. So he didn't actually physically do any very aggressive disciplinary stuff. But we always knew what he thought. I, I still don't know how we knew that. It was more his attitude because <laughs> we didn't have long discussions with him. And yeah, it's amazing. Little, oh, sorry. I just had to have a look for my dad. A look. <sighs> That's all he had to do, showing that disappointment. That was that was all he needed to do. <laughs> and in Australia, that huge shift from in, fathers now being more talkative is really apparent to me. Like, I just want to acknowledge how amazing modern day fathers are because they are talking to their kids more. They are more engaged into the fantasy life of the child or the uh, aspirations of the child. And they're more involved in, in, especially in Australia, with preparing lunches or taking the kids to school, doing homework. They're so much more engaged than previous generations and it's a huge shift that allows men to be more emotionally involved the the stressor I still see though is that men are expected to do both they're expected to do which which is, happens to women too, be the financial provider and also the psychological or emotional support for the child and that's a huge um, benefit for the father because now he can do both but especially with this virus situation, a lot of fathers are being tested because financially they can't provide, and that's a huge dent in their sense of being a good father. And I just want to 
offer one tip, which is to focus on the child's point of view of if you are there supporting them emotionally at this time, that's going to be more important for the child and and also the spouse if you have one because that, that role that the father can play by being really grounded even when things are falling around you, <laughs> falling down around you, that is huge. It provides a, a rock for the family and to be patient and kind to yourself as a father if, you, if your finances are upside down at the moment. The other thing that's important for opportunity for this virus situation is to really consider that financially everybody is struggling at the moment in some way. Even if you haven't lost your job, people around you have and you might have those anxieties about what's going to happen. So if if you are able to, I know it's very stressful when you don't have money, but if you can at this time, just acknowledge that you are part of this global shift of helping men move away from having to be the only financial provider in the household. And it's time to really acknowledge how you as a man and a father can be that psychological or emotional support for your family, not just a financial provider. And and that means you might have to do a little bit of self-care for you as well. And we're going to talk a bit about that more with boundaries about, <laughs> around fathers. Um, I've also got a good TED Talk reference. It's called, um, it's by Marilyn York, and the title of her TED Talk is called What Representing Men in Divorce Taught Me About Fatherhood. So Marilyn in her talk gives some incredible statistics that households without a father have much higher rates of suicide, much higher rates of incarnate, um, incarceration, going to jail, and much higher rates of also having other problems like financial difficulties and in other social problems like early pregnancy. Um, so when a father becomes part of a household and is celebrated, we can really as a society break that cycle where we have a lot of other disastrous situations happen because the father isn't part of the household. So this time when you're isolated, it's, it's an opportunity to really look at um, how you look at yourself as a father or as a mother. And if you are a father who needs extra support, what is, what is it that you need? Um, so, Patty, I had a question about um, when you see fathers um, struggling and, and maybe you can share something that you learnt from your father as well. How did he deal with stress? Um, I've got a story to share about my dad. but <laughs> He would go out and work on the car or, or fix something that was... We would go out and do that. We'd be tinkering, I guess. There's is, is a lot of ways people say that. We go and fix things. Or I think that's how he would just um, deal with stress. 
So he had a lot of, um, would you say in general he had a lot of alone time to deal, did he deal with his stress when he was alone? He would, he, you know, he would go um, work. Yeah, uh, maybe, maybe. I mean, sometimes I would go outside and hand him tools. Um, he he could fix almost anything. He was one of those, you know, he was really good with his hands. He was a welder. Um, so I think that's how he kind of dealt with it, dealt with things, was going out and fixing something. If something was broke, he would fix it. Or working around the house, you know. My mom liked to remodel a lot. Furniture, <laughs> so he would also do that. He also liked to fish. Um, my dad was a motocross rider. That was he called the motorcycle going out and riding his motorcycle. His psychiatrist. That was really stress. I forgot about yeah. that until now. But yeah, he would go out right after work and go ride his motorcycle for an hour or two. And then come back in the house. And then by then, you know, he was all calm and everything by riding his motorcycle. So typically, that's awesome. He he just naturally, he knew how to deal with his stress by himself. He'd go out and get it out. Yeah. He wouldn't take it out on the family. And he'd do something outside the house or in the house he'd do something practical with his hands and fix things which is typical male responses to stuff and women we might be more creative and men are more about fixing and doing and women intent creative there's differences like men and women aren't exactly like that but that's generally how they are and in this time where people are forced to not be able to go out I mean, still you can ride a bike by yourself in isolation in some locations, but it's really difficult for some men who can't do that. And in France, actually, they have a much more stricter isolation and the way that they live in France too has created some situations where the men can't go out as much or there's nowhere for them to go. Usually they might be going out and travelling to go somewhere and they can't do that. So... For some men, this situation with the virus is quite disturbing. It can stop them using their typical ways of finding stress. With my dad, basically he would work. And if he lost his job at this time, he's not around anymore, but if he lost his business at this time, he would go nuts. He wouldn't know what to do with himself. And typically if my dad was stuck at home dealing with stress, he would just yell at us to go away and leave him alone so he could watch his television. Mm -hmm. So I think I'd have to give my dad a lot more space in this time and just understand what does he need. And that's one of the tips I'd like to share today. If you're stuck at home with dad and he's anxious or you're feeling that stress or anger coming up for him, ask yourself how can you understand what dad needs. I know with my dad as well, when he was stressed he usually needed food <laughs> he liked to eat and as, as if dad was angry as soon as we fed him he was fine so a lot of these uh, 
things that men do are just really basic things. They need to either exercise, get that stress out, or they need food, and they're really basic things that, that can be addressed. Sometimes, though, however, there's like, unfortunately in these situations, old um, traumas that get triggered. So unfortunately, I know in France it's been reported that some families are experiencing increased domestic violence because men actually don't know how to deal with um, their stress and being forced to be isolated has increased, unfortunately, people's inability to deal with that. So if if you have had um, that situation with a man in the household, it's really hard to process that, but you do need to get help. I know in France, Patty, they've actually um, walked through a situation because it is so bad with the families in isolation where if the, the women or the men who are dealing with violence, they can go to a pharmacist then they're still open and then they can go ask the pharmacist to call the police on their behalf. So there is ways in the community especially since uh, we have certain shops that are still open or certain services that are still open, make sure that if the stress is too much and you need outside intervention, you really do need to make sure that you're not isolated completely in that violent situation because there are some, some people that are not able to actually contain that stress. Um, so, Paddy... That's an extreme example of domestic violence is an extreme example of people not able to cope with um, with their stresses internally. So what could be, if you're not in that situation, <laughs> a healthy way to establish some boundaries uh, about dealing with stresses or even... Um, creating different ways for the family to connect when they're in isolation. I think setting up family guidelines of what is acceptable and what is not acceptable, maybe that would include, okay, from this time to this time, we're going to have where you're going to go into your room and you're going to spend time in your room. It could be you're going to take a nap this time to this time so everybody is on the same page and that way everybody can have quiet time from you know or today we're, we're gonna we're gonna go outside in the backyard and we're gonna throw a ball throw a ball for a little while but um, setting up family guidelines so that everybody's not pushing everybody's buttons or triggering something Having some alone time space as well as quality family time and setting up what's acceptable and what's not acceptable in the house. That could be you don't you don't you don't yell at your sister, you don't poke your your brother, you know, you don't badger one another and have you know, everybody knows what's acceptable and what's not acceptable. I'm, everybody, you know, could be bored 
And when you're bored, what do you do? You do things <laughs> that may, that may uh, bother somebody else. So everyone knows what behaviors will not be tolerated. Have those guidelines and t- sit down and talk talk about it as a family. That you know, during this isolation period, we're going to be together all the time. Let's let's set some boundaries of how we're going to um, deal with this. As a parent, have awareness of what is happening and discuss it compassionately together with solutions. When the, when the mom and the dad are on the same, same page and they back each other up and they respect each other, children aren't going to try to try to manipulate one another. Oh, go ask your mom, go ask your dad type things. So if the parents have a good solid action plan and guidelines of who is in charge of this and who's in charge of this, that they're not overstepping each other and it can be very calm because they both know what the other one is going to approve of and not approve of. I think really working as partners helps um, keep everything calm and um, helps everybody get along well. Make a conscious decision to stop these behaviors so everyone feels safe, loved, and protected. So if you see something happening, you sit down and you talk about it and you say, you know, this, we're, we're not going to do this anymore. And this is why. And really discuss when you, when you did this, this was the reaction that happened. And we don't, we don't want this anymore. And, you know, I think that way things stay calm when everybody's on the same wavelength and knows what's acceptable and what's not acceptable. That's the same in a workplace. Same with anything that a group or just knowing what is acceptable and what's not acceptable and to just love each other and help each other through this time. If somebody's feeling sad, acknowledge it. Acknowledge that they're feeling sad, they're feeling angry, they're upset, all of those things, and talk about it. I think a lot of times people hold things in and they don't talk about their feelings, and um, that leads to different ways that people deal with that sadness. Patty, that's so helpful about clarifying the roles that each one plays in the house. And if you're a mum and dad, that you have a spousal conversation about, okay, how are we going to handle this? Your role's this and I'll do this. Because everything's been thrown up the air in the air with the virus or turned upside down. And people 
need to know what their roles are now because it's not clear how we're going to do that. I actually had a conversation with my spouse when he lost his job. We went for a walk. It was easier for me to do that when we were walking. And we just sort of brainstormed and got creative. And in that creativity, I asked, uh, he suggested something, and then I texted that person, and he got a job and he started the next day. That's wonderful. Yeah. People are inspired by that. They're like, oh, wow, that's a success story in these times. So I think that that was so helpful, everything you shared about the roles and really acknowledging when someone feels sad. Because I know for me, my tendency, if my partner feels sad, I sort of just before this crisis, I'd go, don't do that, don't, don't be sad. But actually, he's sad. So I can let him be sad and just go, what are you feeling? And be kind to him instead of trying to push it away. And then he can just go on. Um, once once I started doing that when the virus situation started, I, I noticed that I would let him talk and then he could just move on and get creative again. He, he didn't get depressed and lost in the feeling. We talked and then he just sort of carried on doing the next thing, like the washing <laughs> or deciding. Also, yeah. Oh, sorry. Um, I think also we need to realize that sometimes people just want somebody to listen to them, not come up with solutions, just listen. I know I have a tendency to want to come up with solutions and um, it's better that you listen and then you ask them if they want any feedback. Normally they just want to talk about it. They just want somebody to talk to and be able to communicate their feelings, not asking you to fix it. Right. Yeah, because in these times we can't fix things. So it's actually a really good time to have conversations about sadness or how you're feeling and just... But I like your suggestion, how you two talk to each other and then you brainstorm. You brainstorm together and you got a solution. And you were able mm. to, to um, help each other. That's great. Mm. Yeah, so and the trick with that. A, a combination of both, but asking, would you like to brainstorm about it versus just giving a solution, a solution, a solution, a solution that sometimes upsets people when they feel they're not being heard. Yeah, yeah. And it worked for us. Uh, Sometimes when you're in the house, you can get bogged down in your ideas. So the walk actually did work for us. So if you're in an area where you can go for walks, Um, where we are in Sydney right now, you can only do it with the person in your house, not with and only with one other friend, I think. So sometimes that walk can really just get you out of the house and get out of any stuck feelings as well. Yeah, fresh air, fresh air and just, you know, getting out and about and getting some sunshine on you and 
all of those things can lighten you up. Open up the windows if you can, if the weather's good. Just getting some fresh, fresh air. Right. The trees and the plants in, in your yard, if you have a yard. Yeah. And I think that's also actually not having access to those nature elements has been one of the problems for some people who are in more dire situations with getting stuck in their not-so-great feelings. Yes. So, Patty, you asked a beautiful question on your Facebook page. Can you share what that was? question I asked on my Facebook page was what does being a good father mean to you so here's some of the responses I got from one of the followers she said this is a great question being a good listener spends time with the children a provider a protector consistent with rules unselfish shows affection to children and wife in front of children or at least demonstrate demonstrates of caring in some way for those non-affectionate types. Helpful to all family members. There's his opinion, not to influence, but to just simply let you know his view on things. Says sorry when he screws up. In other words, be like my dad. I really got lucky. My parents are awesome. I thought that was absolutely beautiful. Yeah. And another follower said, being a provider, protector, and a reliable and reliable no matter what. So those were the comments that I received. We would yeah, love but... your thoughts and comments on what does being a good father mean to you? Yeah, it would be awesome to hear all those words about being a good father. I really appreciate the person who said uh, shows affection to the children and wife. It's like a demonstrative. They dem they actually um, physically embody and show you that affection, which is so important because some fathers may not be like that, but... They can do it in so many different ways. Like my father was really funny. He wasn't always cuddly with us, but he used to do a lot of jokes. And as a consequence, I've always just loved most of my friends are funny and crack jokes. So that was a really big one for me. <laughs> and I think just um, knowing that you're loved and that they're proud of you is another another thing that just being a good father you know like you had said about supporting supporting um, your aspirations things like that being your biggest fan yeah, yeah. is there anything else that you would like to share Angela um, just one thing about my dad and it was something that happened after he died. I was doing a process and 
because my father was one of those fathers that worked a lot and wasn't home much and I didn't see this part of him until I did this process in the healing workshop and it really changed the way I looked at my father because sometimes I find we're very judgmental of fathers because they may not verbalise how they feel and they may not be um, in your mind such a great supporter of your aspirations they might not express it um so i in this process what i realized was i saw my dad um back when he was about 18 20 and when he first immigrated to australia and i saw that he was actually experiencing a lot of insecurity so in the healing process you actually get to revisit pieces of your life or your family's life in a way through a meditation process and in that moment when I saw my dad's insecurity I had never acknowledged that in my life when he was alive I never saw my dad as insecure I always thought he was this big tough guy that knew exactly what to do but in that moment I realized oh my god my dad's insecure like I am about making financial progress or about making things work in a business and in that moment I realized all the years that I'd spent judging my father I actually didn't really spend much time trying to understand him <laughs> so I just really appreciate how even if he was insecure he just went ahead and did things he came to a new country and a lot of things were unknown to him very similar to us now and he didn't speak the language. He didn't have family around him all the time to help. But he, he went out and he drove a truck and he went and made money and, and got ahead in life and did really well. And that's something that I can really appreciate now. So sometimes if you're struggling understanding your father, it might take a different perspective to, to, to look at him from a different point of view to help you empathize with what he's feeling he, he might not always be a verbal type father like mine wasn't <laughs> but he certainly was someone that by his role modeling of going ahead and getting things done in spite of his insecurity he really inspired me to just to take advantage of a situation even if I wasn't feeling confident about my ability to do so so thanks dad and uh yeah. Well, Angela and I would like to thank you for listening and supporting this podcast. If you have a topic or question you would like to discuss with us, you can email us at bbrat home and work the at sign gmail.com or on anchor you can leave a voice message. Please subscribe, share this podcast with others, and leave a positive review. And Angela and I wanted you to know that our next podcast is going to be about surviving social isolation. Join us to listen to our podcast about this topic.
Thank you for listening to Building Better Relationships with Angela and Patty. Send us a message and please like or share the podcast or donate with the Anchor Donate button. We really value your feedback. Oh, 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 oh,